Welcome to The How of Business with Henry Lopez and David Begin, the podcast that helps you start, run, and grow your small business. And now, here are your hosts. This is Henry Lopez. Welcome to this episode of The How of Business. My guest today is a return guest, Angela Wagner. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. You were my very first guest on episode two of the podcast. Can you believe that? That is wild when you told me that. So what, when was that, 2016? That was 2016. That was uh, early 2016. Wow. A lot has happened it's since then. It's been a minute, yeah. <laughs> it's been a bit. So we're going to chat about that. And and also, you know, at the time, Angela was deep into a, a business that was very successful. And so we're going to chat about how she managed what then became what I call a maturing small business. And I really want to have this conversation because a lot of us as small business owners get to that point where, you know, the, the demographics have changed, the market has changed. And so we have these businesses that sometimes we need to transition or completely evolve. And so we're going to talk about that, how she did this while raising two kids, uh, dealing with health challenges of her own, of course, the COVID-19 crisis and the impact that that had on her studio in particular, and how she's managed now to pivot her business from a, a in-person brick and mortar model to an online business model. So we're going to chat all about that with Angela. To receive more information about the Howa business, including links to the show notes page for this episode, just text the word biz, B-I-Z, to 31996. So let me tell you a little bit more about Angela. Angela is an entrepreneur, a life coach, a yoga instructor, and the founder of Yoga Sport. And now, most recently, Angela Wagner Yoga and Wellness. Angela was the first guest, as I just mentioned, on the podcast back on episode two in early 2016. Uh, after a successful career in marketing, Angela pursued her passion for wellness and opened her yoga sport yoga studio in 2004. She is a yoga teacher trainer, a life and wellness coach, an environmental toxins expert, a podcaster as well, and the founder, as I said, of Yoga Sport, a Dallas Power Flow yoga studio, which she is now transitioned to online. She's deeply passionate about helping others learn to master their yoga practice and master their lives. It's not just about the, the yoga practice, but all of the other stuff that, that helps us be healthier in life. Through the practice of yoga, teacher training, and coaching, she will teach, he teaches her clients and her customers how to lighten their daily stress so that they can discover themselves. Angela lives here in the Dallas, Texas area. So once again, Angela Wagner, welcome back to the show. Hey, good to, good to, I was going to say good to see you, but I'm not actually seeing you. <laughs> good to hear you. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so let's start with, you know, let's, let's summarize, let's briefly bring us up to date uh, as to what has happened. So much has happened since we last spoke on the show in 2016. Of course, you know, you and I have stayed in touch. We're friends. I, I like to call you a friend and, and obviously have, have provided some coaching and mentoring along the way sometimes. But What's happened since then, since then that have been kind of the primary or major milestones? Yes, a few things have happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so funny when people say, how are you? And what's changed? Oh my goodness, like, where well, do I start? Yeah, like this is not the just, oh good, you know. Um, so let me think. 2016 was just kind of rocking and rolling with the studio. You were helping me start the online business. I was looking to kind of take my own brand and do the coaching online. And that was my vision. So it's kind of neat because I've always had this vision and always been working towards an online business. It wasn't like I was sort of forced to do it. And it's something I've been actively working on. Um, but nothing quite worked out. I, I would hire different, um, you know, 
do different courses or different trainings or hire a mentor, not you, of course, you're, you were always awesome, but it never quite worked for what I was trying to do. And so I just constantly felt like I was, you know, failing in the online business. And, and then I would always have to go back to taking care of what I call my baby, which was yoga sport, my studio, because, you know, a, a manager would quit or teachers would be gone and, you know, just life, right? The life of the studio. And so I was becoming increasingly stressed, to be quite honest with you. Um, we closed our doors um, in May of this year. We actually, I, the last class I taught officially uh, with the studio, although it was live streamed, was on the 16th birthday of the opening. Wow. So we, I was like, we have to make it to 16. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I had been increasingly stressed. I have two little kids. Um, I was, you know, my, my business is it was in the heart of Dallas. So we had working professionals, you know, I needed to be there nights and weekends and that's when I needed to mom. So that was increasingly stressful. And I just was, you know, doing something for that many years. I don't want to say I was over it, but I was getting over it. You know, it was like, I love the community. I, I still love teaching yoga. I love training teachers. I love the work. I just wanted something different from a business standpoint. Um, I wanted ease and simplicity. That's something that I coach on all the time. And so I was just constantly trying to figure out like, how do you take this brick and mortar with all these employees and, you know, and make it more simple. And so that was really hard. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And then you were, I mean, when you go back to 2004, when you launched, you were in such a completely different place in your life. And so then life happened and now, and I always believe a business has to fit your lifestyle or you either got to change it or move on to something else. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was 26 when I opened. So I like look back and I'm thinking, wow. Um, you know, I was single. Yeah. I, you know, I wasn't married. I had a boyfriend, but you know, I could put all of my energy and, and so then I literally grew up at the studio, right. Going mm -hmm. through marriage, going through you know, fertility. We had fertility issues with the babies, just all different kinds of, you know, life happened over 16 years of right. becoming a full fledged adult while I was running this business. And exactly. I mean, the landscape of the of the industry completely shifted, my life changed. And um, yeah, I was just ready for something new. And then COVID hit and it was like, well, the universe has spoken. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but this, I want to explore this a little bit because this is such a common challenge for small business owners. I, I think that part of the, the kind of thing that was put upon us is that somehow our businesses are supposed to be lasting forever, multi-generational. But that's not always the case, particularly with small businesses. I believe and I've observed, including in my businesses, that a business has a lifespan. And for a lot of different reasons, some of which we've already spoken to here, you, you change as the owner. But let's talk a little bit more because from 2004 to now, the landscape in this industry has changed dramatically. The independent, like you were, studio has a heck of a lot harder time competing in the space now, right? Oh, yeah. It's... I mean, do you want me to go into some detail? Yeah, because I because I, I think that's important for other people who are in similar industries where they get to a point where like, and it's frustrating because you feel like somehow you have failed, but I don't look at it like that at all. I look at it as you had 16 years of a very successful business and now you're transitioning to something else. That's the way I see it. Yeah. And you know, I had to, it took me a while to get there, right? Because of course it's so personal. People say it's business. It's not personal, but it's when your business, it's certainly very personal very and the type of business, a community-based local one, you know, one studio yoga studio is super personal. The work we do is personal. Like we know our clients, you know? Um, 
so, so that was really hard mentally to shift. But I, as far as the fitness and yoga industries, like when we started back in 04, yoga was still pretty new to kind of the Western world. Um, I mean, there were people doing it, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't like it is now where everyone on their mother has a yoga mat, right? Um, so we had competition was a few gyms and then the few people that were opening studios. And at the time we thought, oh my gosh, there's so much competition. <laughs> now, <it's> like, <laughs> So now what's happened over the years is every type of fitness, right? So you're talking about like spin, CrossFit, uh, boxing, like anything that you would have done in the gym before now has a comp- its own separate boutique industry, right? So you, now as a yoga studio, you're competing with all of those different styles, not only at the, not only at say the 24 hour fitnesses, kind of the basic gyms, but then you're talking about what happened in Dallas was Equinox dropped in super high, huge money, right? High, huge money. Is that a thing? You know what I mean? Investor <laughs> money, right? Um, and they, like they dropped in our backyard and then we had Exhale Spa dropped into Dallas and all these big wigs. Then we had corporate um, high dollar yoga studio money coming in national chains, right? None of this was a thing in 04. So um, the competition, I mean, I think someone did like did a Google search and I think within like a one mile radius of me, there was, there was something like 20 to 25 boutique <laughs> workouts within. And, and I, I, I even just Googled like spin studio ones because someone mentioned one and there were like six within a mile of me. I had never even heard of them. Wow. You know? <laughs> So, you know, I mean, the, the bottom line is even if you have a lot of money, you're not going to spend over $100 a month. Most people won't do it at more than one location. Maybe some people would do twice, but that's, that's a pretty specific high dollar client, right? So you're talking about like your, your normal client is going to only choose one place to be a member. And then the, what I call the nail in the coffin for most of us was um, ClassPass. So mm. I won't go into it too long, but ClassPass essentially came in and they were like, Hey, we're going to help you guys out. And I knew, I mean, I was like, no, from the beginning, I didn't want to be any, any bit of part of it. Cause I could see what was going to happen, but they essentially, they don't have a brick and mortar. They're just a company. They go around to all the boutique fitness studios and they're like, Hey, on our platform, we'll bring you people. So people pay class pass, say hundred bucks a month, whatever it is, they have different plans and then they can go out to all these different places. So for the same price or even cheaper than joining my yoga studio, you can go to all the different styles of yoga, boxing, you name it, it's part of class pass. And so I said no from the beginning, cause my, my whole thing was like, they will take us down because they were paying us like $7 a person when someone wow. came in. Yeah. Um, and what started happening, eventually I, I did say yes when I was in desperation mode. And um, what started happening was our members started quitting and going through class pass because they could come to us cheaper. I see. Them. Would you have done that again? Do you, do you think an independent studio now of, of any fitness can afford to not take fast pass? Well, now it's interesting. maybe afford is not the right word, but but can 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 afford to say no to it? I guess you know. What I'm well, saying? so what's what's interesting is COVID. I think is going to destroy them because what happens? What's happening right now? And so we're doing this interview in in the middle of summer of 2020, and you know some states are some of my friends that own studios in, in other states aren't even open yet. And Texas opened up really early, although we're about to probably get shut down again. Right. So it what what. It's, it's all over the board, but for the most part, studios and boutique fitness in general is, is having a physical distance. Well, we, have a, we all have really small spaces. That's the whole point of it, right? And so um, you can only take 
say 10 people, whereas before you could take 40 or whatever. And yeah. so it doesn't actually even make sense financially for you to take class pass because you're already at such a loss. Um, so what's happening is a lot of my friends that were locked into a contract with them are like, we're not going, we're not going back. Cause it doesn't I make see. sense for us to take $10 or $7 a person from you. Yeah. So. so all of that, you know, that plus the, the changing of, of what happened in industry, that that's what, and this happens again, like I said, in other industries, that's why as a business owner, we have to, we have two choices. We can either respond to that and, and we might get angry and say, gosh, it changed on me, but that's the reality. That's the way it works. Yeah. Right. Or what we don't want to do is be continuing to, to fight it and seeing a continuously diminishing profit and continue to the point where you're having to put more money into the business. Maybe you got to learn when to get out, even though it's tough to do psychologically. Right. Yeah. It, for me, it was really hard psychologically. I knew that I wanted to go, I was going in that direction and I, my, my lease is, was up at the end of this year. So right. I knew that unless something massive changed that I would close down and something massive did change, it just closed me down earlier. And so, you know, we were mandated to close March 16th and from, by, by the government. And, um, I met with my teachers that next day and I said, I don't, I just want you guys to know, I don't think I'll be reopening. And they were like, no, but what, <laughs> you know, what's so crazy now is opening up now is a, it's nothing like owning a studio was even last year because of all of the protocols they have to go through. You know, you, you now have to be worried about putting your staff at risk, Right. what happens if someone contracts it. And, you know, for me and for my students, it was a healing safe space. So I'm really grateful that I got to leave it that way because this whole COVID thing is just, I wouldn't sleep at night knowing that I had teachers in there or I had to go you know, clean. And what if I contracted it and gave it to my parents or something, you know? Right. Right. I mean, it would have really magnified the stress that was already there anyway. Um, yeah. And part of that stress, I want to talk a little bit more, you help people with this, but, but what are some of those tips? What are the, some of those ways that you were able to balance on the good days, <laughs> everything <laughs> that you had on your plate, managing a business, having two children, having a husband, your parents, and then your own health challenges, what are some thoughts on how you balance all of that? Well, I'll tell you, I was not very good at it for a little while there. I mean, to be, and I like to share that because of people think, you know, they look at someone like me with a business and kids and um, I'm in the health and wellness space and they think that I've got it all together. And I, I had several moments of absolute breakdown, you know? Um, and I think that's, that was part of my health issues is I think there's a time where we have to really look at that and go, and that's like my first point, you know, piece of advice is to really look at like, how is your body reacting to what's happening? Because as small business owners, we have so much pressure on us. And then you add family and then you, you know, you add all these other factors on top of it and we forget to take care of ourselves. I mean, I see it all the time with small business owners. So I mean, the first thing is to just check in, right. And like what's happening with you. And then, um, getting priorities in order, you know, like for me, I, I'm such a perfectionist and I would focus on the stupidest, silliest things <laughs> that really made no impact on the bottom line. And so I had to get really clear and I would say, we're only working on in, um, income producing activities. That's it. And it, and it didn't feel good because I like doing the other stuff. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, when I, when I was paying a manager a full-time salary and I wasn't taking anything home, I need to, 
take money home for my family. So I got, had to get really clear on my priorities, which I think is really helpful. Get clear on your priorities, focus on what you need to do to take care of yourself and your family emotionally, physically, financially. And those just have to be top priority. And then you can really start to cut the fat. And that's something that I'm really, I focus on in my coaching work and in my own life now is ease and simplicity. Like how can I break this down? What is not needed? Because I, I think we focus on so much stuff that's just not, it's, it's not impactful. Right. The thing that's hard though, Angela, and I want to go back to this point of, you know, I call it kind of ignoring some of the noise. Don't, don't be up so obsessive about it, but it's part of what makes us an entrepreneur and part of what initially you needed to get this thing started and why it was so successful. It's a matter of learning then to step back at the right time uh, especially as your life changes, right? Like you said, in 2004, it was just you. You could put yourself completely into it, but then the business had to start serving you in a different way, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and letting go, I mean, because you're, 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 I know you, so you know, we're perfectionists. I, uh, tell me a little bit more about how you adjusted to letting things go and being okay with that and realizing that, you know, in the big picture, a lot of times it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, I think like, say for with my employees or something, you know, like I would um, look at systems that were in place, like procedures and things not getting done in a certain way. And I would, I would just look at it and go, is this really that important? You right. know, like, and if I've had the conversation a couple of times, like I just, sometimes, yes, it is important enough to to keep at it. And then sometimes it's like, well, is that just, is that even going to affect a client? Right. So. Um, so I had to ask myself those types of questions. And then a lot of things with like, I've always been really big on aesthetics and um, graphics and things like that. Cause I came from a marketing background and worked at an agency. So now, I mean, I, I completely shifted. I don't, I'm not on WordPress. I do my whole website and everything on Kajabi. And I took a class with a friend of mine who teaches all this online stuff. And he's, he's just always on me. Like you have got to stop spending time on all these like little things, mm, like the yeah. color and this. And he tells us like, he'll show us websites that are like the ugliest websites in the world. And he'll be like, this person's making a million dollars a year. No one cares. But what matters is where your buttons are. Is it easy to follow? Is the messaging good? And so I've just kind of reprogrammed uh, myself. He's helped me a lot to figure out what is it that's really important? And, the, and you know, it's really the impact I'm making. Am I making it easy for people, you know, to buy the product, to use the product, whatever it is, right? And all that other stuff, we just kind of have to take a deep breath. <laughs> I think that applies so much to as, as you've been transitioning and as I've been developing, for example, online products, uh, training classes, we can get so obsessed with the littlest, the littlest minute detail but the point is it doesn't matter as long as the content is there and the message is resonating. That's what matters, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. and, and I, and I fight it still. Like I oh, still yeah. fight him. I'm like, Tom, <laughs> I want to make this pretty. This is ugly, you know, but he's right. like, or do you want to just like go have fun with your family and not worry about it? I'm like, okay, good point. You know, <laughs> that's right. That's right. This is Henry Lopez briefly interrupting this episode to invite you to schedule a free business coaching consultation with me. I welcome the opportunity to chat with you about your business goals and offer the guidance and accountability that we all need to achieve success. As an experienced small business owner myself, I understand the challenges you are experiencing and often it's about helping you ask the right questions to help you make progress 
towards achieving your goals. Whether it's getting started with your first business or growing your existing small business, I can help you get there. To find out more about my business coaching services and to schedule your free coaching session, just visit thehowofbusiness.com or simply text the word bizcoach, that's B-I-Z coach, to 31996. All right, so I, I don't know, obviously, the industry to the level that you do, but I got to imagine that two years ago, a year ago, if you would have said somebody, we're going to do yoga teacher training online, they would have said not possible. Well, it's funny you say that. So my friend that I was talking about, Tom, um, I was working with him a couple of years ago and I wanted to, he was, I was like, okay, I finally found the right person to help me launch this online coaching. And he said to me, you should put your teacher training online. And I said, you're insane. <laughs> like, I, I was just like, that makes no sense. And he, he's like, just hear me out. I know it's not what you think you want to do and all this stuff. And I, I really struggled with it because I'm very into quality. Like I put my name on something. I want people to walk out of the training, really understanding and knowing how to teach yoga. And I just didn't know or think you could do it online. And there's a, there was a lot of criticism in the industry for any online programs. I mean, there were definitely some out there, but people did not have you know, th- yeah, there was there definitely was a like low a, regard for them, right? That's- yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I, I was one of them. So, but something, because he knows what he's doing and he's been making money online for like, you know, 15 years, I'm like, okay. And so I just started recording and I, I, so I, he helped me build this entire 200 hour, my whole 200 hour training. And he's like, you can do this in your sleep. So get it. So we did, we did, I did all the videos. I, and so it was actually really great because it made me take my in-person training and make it even better. Cause I had to systemize it and like really think through it. Um, I put when it you had to, you had to communicate without touch too, right? Yeah, no touch. Um, and then we did, we did some Facebook advertising. We sold it just to a couple people. And then I had some alumni come on and we, we did a class last summer and it was great, but I didn't, I still wasn't totally sold on it. Right. Um, so it just kind of sat there and I wasn't really sure when I was going to run the next one or what I was going to do. And then COVID happened. And out of nowhere, I started getting all these phone calls and emails and people that were like, when are you running your next training? I heard you have an online training. And I'm like, uh, okay. And I mean, wow. it was already built. It's already ready to go. I've already run it before. And so literally overnight, I just, um, put it up. I had all my systems in place. I had all my automations, emails. Of course, I had to rewrite some of them because the world had completely changed overnight. Um, but I had everything in place. And then I launched, you know, on Facebook, I launched a campaign and I was able to get 19 people in this class in two weeks. Amazing. So it was really neat. And we're still in the, and now I'm running a second one. And it's been amazing because um, people need it now more than ever. They need a connection point. They need, you know, just and even now in Texas studios are opening, but there's still, there's, you know, you can't touch people. You're not supposed to go close to people. It's just a very, it's a very different world. So it feels very safe online. And we, and I'm not even teaching. I have a whole module on assisting. And I just told them, you know what, let's revisit this in a year and we'll, we'll do it when we can touch again. But like right now, no one's touching anybody, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So how, how do you make up for that, for something that, you know, I looking at it, it seems like that contact, that touching, that helping people get into a particular pose. What have you found? Because I think this applies to a lot of people who are listening for something else that they're going to transition online. Any tips or thoughts or techniques that you've seen have helped with that to still communicate effectively without being there to 
show you, put you into position? How have you overcome that so far? Well, it's interesting. I've on and off over my career, I've had to pull back from that, whether it be I was sick or I had like knee surgery one time and I was had to sit for a month in a chair while I taught, you know, so there's been different, you know, when I had fertility, I mean, not fertility, when I was pregnant with Zoe, I could barely walk for several months. So I was, you know, it's, I'm a career yogi, so I have to still teach, right? It's not like I just teach, you know, taught a, a class a week at somebody's studio and I just take off when these things happen. So I figured out over the years, and this is something that I'm really big on on my training is the way that I teach people to communicate and teach so that they don't have to physically do the practice and they don't have to touch a body, but they can be crystal clear. And what's cool about it is that people that take the training go off and all of a sudden they're like better in their lives. Like they can, I mean, I can teach Zoe and Luke better because I know how to teach so clearly in these basic ways. So it's, it's really a skill that I think every industry should have because we need to communicate better, right? We shouldn't have to show or touch necessarily for everything we do. And right now, I mean, God only knows how long it's going to be before we were able to touch someone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating that those life challenges and life events that you had have really prepared you perfectly for this form of delivery. Yeah, I know. It is it's, kind of it's, funny. It's fascinating. Okay, you, you just touched on it. Do you think, it's so hard for anybody to predict, but do you think this is going to be to some extent the new normal for at least for the foreseeable future? What do you mean by that? Meaning that we aren't going to be able to touch as much, that people will continue to seek this stuff online, even as physical studios open up. In other words, do you think now, and I'm seeing this in other industries, do you think now, because certainly, again, as we just talked about a couple of years ago, people would have said, no way, that doesn't work. Now, this has forced us to try it, and we're realizing, okay, it can, it can be done this way. Maybe we'll continue to do it this way for all kinds of reasons, not just because we can't touch anymore, but because someone that lives on the other side of the world likes how you do it and wants to continue with you remotely. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, over the last, say, five years have taken quite a bit of trainings online, not necessarily yoga, but I did like my environmental health uh, certificate course that was five months, super in depth. So I've, I've experienced it. um, And I have experienced the benefits of it. And I've loved it because like you said, I mean, for me, one of the biggest benefits is being able to connect with people. Like right now in my training, we have I think there's like 10 states that people represent. I mean, how cool is that, right? Yeah, so you have fantastic. Yeah, you have such a different perspective when you have people from all over. Um, but I do think it's going to change people. Now, I'm I've never been a person that likes to work out at home ever. So this mm. has been tough for me because here I am building this entire membership site of online workouts and I'm like, "Oh, I still when I can and when I'm able to, will go out and and probably be in person." But for me, and my family, I'm probably not going to do that for quite a long time just because yeah. we've just decided as a family. And so um, I think there's going to be a lot of people on that boat. And then I think there's going to be a lot of people that need the convenience of an online forum where, especially like moms, where, you know, you, you can't spend, like we had seven full weekends and every Tuesday night, um, that's just a lot of time to, that, that's required to take, say, a training, you know? Yeah. Yeah. When a couple of a concept that I'm seeing emerge is where you go to a physical place, but what you're paying for is a, a separate space, like a room or a partitioned area, where then you're, you're, you stream whatever content, either theirs or yours or whomever's 
but it addresses the whole point where working out at home is not an option, but you're going somewhere where you're still quote unquote isolated enough to do your own thing and not be exposed. I think it's going to be interesting to see how that emerges. Yeah. I've seen a lot of that too. I do think it's going to open the door for a lot of different types of, you know, a lot of different ways to approach workouts and yeah. trainings and things. And I think, I think that's a good thing. It gives people I think more so options, you know, yeah. and I mean, I, I'm, I'm sad for what's happening in my industry because I'm seeing a lot of the local studios like mine close down right. just for financial reasons. But what I think will probably happen is we'll get through this, however long this is, a lot of people will close down. I mean, quite frankly, I think that most of the ones that will still be standing will be ones that are, have big money. But then I think that that's going to open up in two, three years, whatever it is for, you know, opportunity for a whole new crop of people to come in and open the local shops again. Agreed. Do you think that you'll be able, I mean, it's early days, but that you'll be able to effectively continue to build, I don't want to say replace, but fill that need for community that you did such a great job of building at your physical studio. You think you'll be able to do that online? What are your early thoughts on that? Yeah, that's something I'm working on right now. It is definitely a challenge. Um, Cause I'm not quite sure what that looks like, but we are like, we're doing pop. We do once a week pop-up live stream classes. And um, so anyone that's like a member of the teacher training or the on-demand site will come. We have a Facebook group and um, you know, trying to stay active. Like right now we're doing um, a whole month long fundraiser for black lives matter. And, and we're, we're working with some um, organizations that, that support uh, black yogis. And so we're trying to like do some things we wouldn't have done before that we didn't have an opportunity or time or all those types of things. So I think that it's going to work, but it's going to take some, you know, it, for me, it's like just reconcepting, like, what does that look like? And I think it's going to really be about accessing this bigger community that, that we have available online. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, as you look back now, you're you're an expert. You've 16 years of experience. There's a long time running a business, and you <laughs> and you went into a business that you were passionate about, which is you know you hear a lot of talk about that, especially these days. I I have mixed opinions about that, but you did that. But when you see someone now that's passionate about something, ah, I'd love to start a business doing this. But what what uh, advice do you offer when you think back? What advice would you have wanted to receive? if you're talking to someone that's in that phase? Well, I think, and I think you and I have talked about this before, people have to get really clear on how hard they want to work at their passion because it's one thing to take a lot of trainings. Say you love yoga and you're just like, you, you dive in fully. That's great, but you have to be willing to understand and completely learn the craft of owning a business, which is nothing like teaching right. yoga, like right. nothing. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, you know, or, or have the money to hire someone, but I still think you have to know how to do everything yourself because you, otherwise you don't even know, like, you know, I hire people to do SEO and I just got completely taken advantage of like thousands of dollars out the window because I didn't know what to look for. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think, I think that's something people have to get really clear on and, and really study and talk to people that own a business because passion's not enough to cut it. It'll just exhaust you. And then what can happen is just that you don't like doing the thing you used to love to do. And that's, that's no fun. Right. That's sad. Yeah. Because that can turn into the worst paying job you've ever had. Right. <laughs> well, that's just it. Yeah. What, um, uh, 
if you look back, what, what else would you have done differently now? Or what else would you advise others to do differently? I mean, on this point of the business knowledge, would you have gotten help sooner? Would you have maybe partnered with someone who had that experience? What would you have done differently? I, this is my first answer to that question every time. And it's, I would have hired help sooner. So I, I managed the studio myself for seven years. Wow. And I look back and I think what, and I was just always thinking about finances and I would just look at the money going out and everyone says that you got to spend money to make money. And I, I didn't quite really understand that, or I probably would have hired somebody, Yeah. you know, and I think I, I should have had a part-time manager from the get-go. Um, but I was young. I didn't know how to manage people. I had never managed anyone. And, you know, when you're learning that and starting a business, it's, it's a tough road. So um, I also would have created systems much sooner. So that's something I'm really trying to work on now for my online business, because I'm doing it all myself. I'm working with one girl um, that's helping me, but I'm like, okay, from day one, let's create a system. Everything we do, we need to have it written out, even if it seems silly and and small, because then you can hire someone and you can say, here's the system. Yeah. And you did such a great job of that, but I guess it hadn't dawned on me that that wasn't the case from day one. You finally, it finally dawned on you that I got to, I got to document this so I can bring somebody in. Well, it's like, I always knew I needed to do it, but I never, who has the time, right? When yeah, you're right. doing everything. Classic. So the first yeah. manager that I hired, I, I had the best, she was so overqualified for the position. <laughs> and then she was one of my teachers. She only had the job for six months because she was in a PhD program and it was just too much. But she, for six months, she literally took, took the business and systemized everything. That was one of her huge strengths. She wrote an operations manual. Everything we did, she systemized. And I will be forever grateful. And mm. I, so I learned a lot from her. Um, because I'm really good at following systems, but I'm not necessarily good at creating them from from the start. Yeah, but that's such a huge takeaway is to you brought someone in and now make it their responsibility. Obviously, you oversee it and supervise it, but but have them help you put it together. That's brilliant. Yeah, I think it's really important to. I mean, you hear this all the time when you listen to you know business advice, but it's you hear it a lot because you because it's true. Is you just need to hire people that have your weaknesses, you know, like their strengths are your weaknesses and vice versa. So that, you know, you learn from them and they learn from you and you have this awesome synergistic relationship, but like why hire someone that can just do the same things you can do? Like, you know, and especially the things you don't like to do, there's someone else that loves it. Yeah. You know, great point. Okay. Tell us uh, what else we need to know about Angela Wagner yoga and wellness, other offerings. Uh, what else did, have we not talked about? Ooh, let me think. Well, you guys should definitely join. No. <laughs> um, so yeah, well, what I, like, I, I mean, if obviously if people are interested in yoga teacher training, it, it's certainly something to look at um, there because of the life coaching aspect. I mean, people walk out of the training. It's so cool. They walk out with literally a new perspective on life and, and mm-hmm. who they are. So that that's work that I'm really, really proud of. But beyond that, you know, doing the practice of yoga. So it's, kind of neat. The teachers did not want to just leave. They were like, we want to continue. So my staff is now the yoga sport on demand staff. And so we're, we're creating some really cool things. Um, the it's a membership site, so you can sign up for a month or a year and beyond just the regular pop-up classes that we put in there, there are 60 minutes. We have a lot of like mini classes and, um, like deep dives into certain poses and certain parts of your body. And now, now we're layering on mindfulness, meditation, uh, meal planning, I'm going to start doing some of my life coaching stuff in there as well. So it's kind of fun. It's more of like a well-rounded 
um, thing. And then I'm, what I'm really excited about is one of my teachers and I are creating something called Couch to 60 Minutes. Mm. And, you know, of course, taken from the, the famous Couch to 3K app. But um, a lot of people will say that they are scared to do yoga or they haven't done it in a long time. And so we're going to create a, you know, inexpensive workshop that you can purchase that over the course of a month will get you from your couch to doing a full yoga class. Great stuff. And where, where do we go online to find all of this? AngelaWagner.com. Got it. We'll have a link to that on the show notes page as well. We don't remember that. Um, all right. Book recommendation. Uh, last time you were on, you recommended The Four Agreements, a great book. Is there another book that comes to mind you would recommend? Yeah. So one of my favorite books that we use every single time in our, my teacher training is called Journey to the Heart by Melanie Beattie. And it's uh, 365 entries. So you can pick the day and then it's just, it's almost always something fantastic that, that helps you with life. Uh, but what we always do in the training is we just open it up and whatever page we land on, we read. And it, it's, we call it the magic book because it always speaks to something that's going on. It's really neat. Love it. Thanks for that recommendation. All right, let's wrap it up, Angela. What's, what's one thing you want us to take away from this conversation? I think in particular from the perspective of, you know, you had this very successful business, the industry changed, your life changed, and then you've transitioned, you've pivoted here as the word of the day to online. What's one thing you want us to take away from this conversation we've had about that? I think it's really for me is to be open to possibility. And I know that sounds very woo woo and (laughs) (laughs) yogic, but that's something that I've, I struggled with even as a yogi, because at least in my business, it's like, this is what's happening. Like you said, like, this is the way I'm going to always be a yoga sport owner, right? That was like my identity. And so, you know, if, if we're so just stuck in this one path and we can't see outside of it, we don't even sometimes realize what's available. And so, I mean, I think, I think a lot of people are going through this process with COVID. It's like it forced us all to see what's possible, but let's not wait for a pandemic next time. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need too many of those motivators, but it is one, I think one of the things that could be positive outcome. Now, yeah. again, if you're listening and your business is about to, you know, go out of business, that's not something you want to hear. But I, I want to go back to, for a moment to this point, because we touched on it earlier. When we have a small business like you had, successful business, 16 years, and as much as you're mindful of this, it becomes to an extent your identity. Oh, that's Angela. She's the one that owns the yoga sports studio. Um, and it's hard to let go of that, I find, for people, and including myself. Do you think the fact that you're pivoting and transitioning to a similar business has helped with that has helped you let go of, I don't, I no longer have that physical studio. You know, I don't know yet. And here's why I still feel like I'm in this weird limbo space because of COVID and, you know, we're kind of still quarantining as a family for the most part. So I don't feel like I know yet how I operate in the world. Is that weird? (laughs) No, no, it makes sense. That makes sense because you haven't been at those dinner parties yet or with friends and, and, and there's that whole, whether it's direct or indirect, what do you do? And, and so people haven't asked you yet, Hey, how's the studio going? So you haven't been in too many of those situations yet. Is that fair? Yeah, it's very, it's very weird. And it's not until last week when my assistant went down there and got the last of the big furniture out of there because we couldn't find a place to take it. You know, I I was shut down in the middle of a pandemic, so I couldn't even get the stuff out of the space. Um, So it's like, it still feels 
like I sort of still have part of it, you know, and then we still have yeah. this on-demand thing. So yeah, I, so ask me in six months or right. a year. Yeah. I mean, it's like a lot of things. We <laughs> haven't had closure on a lot of things, right? So it's kind of left, like you said, in limbo. Yeah, I've definitely been kind of working through that. Like, what is this new identity? Um, because people are like, oh, you're a stay-at-home mom now. And I'm like, no, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love my kids, but I, but I love And we are them. at home, but yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, so yeah, I, that's TBD. That's right. Thanks for sharing that. All right, and tell us again where you want us to go online to find out more. AngelaWagner.com, super easy. Absolutely. Angela, once again, thanks so much for coming back on the show. Too long in between episodes, so we'll have to make it much more frequent. But <laughs> thanks for taking the time, your busy schedule, and for sharing so openly with us again today. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. And I hope that something I said helps someone out there. It's, I'm, it's, I'm, it's tough to own I'm, your own business. And if you're doing the work, then congratulations. Absolutely. And I'm confident it will resonate with a lot of us. This is Henry Lopez, and thanks for listening to this episode of The How of Business. My guest today again was Angela Wagner. We release new episodes every Monday morning, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and at our website, thehowabusiness.com, or just text the word biz, B-I-Z, to 31996 for more information. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to The How of Business. For more information, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofbusiness.com.